This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello, welcome to episode 83 of the Boundary Park Alert System, the last post-match episode of the 2021-22 season, (laughs) for which I've I've developed a lift. This is the the effects of supporting Oldham, I think. Either that or it's the effects of all the cider I drank yesterday when I opted to go out into Manchester for my mate's birthday rather than go to the game. I think I'm all right. If I start doing it regularly (laughs) throughout throughout the episode, then we'll start to worry. Someone who has uh, not lisped or done anything to make me suggest he's feeling unwell this morning so far is Andy Halliwell. How are you doing, mate? Uh, I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, okay. Wasn't much to get excited about yesterday, was there, really? Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know, Adam Keeley is also here. We had, we watched a play in Govan, didn't we, which was quite good fun. Didn't we? I mean, you know, there was... Uh, some speeches and some orange smoke. It was there was there was something. Some guy from, on the steps. Yeah, guys on steps. So yeah, it was. We'll come to what the protest and the football, obviously, in a little while. And um, we've got making his pod debut. We've got another Metcalf, Alex, this week. How are you doing, Alex? Not too bad, thank you. Very hungover after yesterday's uh, end of season commiseration drinks. Well, I think I don't think. That as we speak now on Sunday morning, we're alone in that. I think there's probably quite a few bad heads for all the wrong reasons. What a send off from the for the for, for the football league yesterday. I mean, I would like to personally thank Her Majesty's Constabulary for really making an occasion of it. They came out in. I didn't know they cared so much about Oldham. They they, they sent a really good number of respectful amount of police officers yesterday to to see us off, which I thought was very, very moving. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I thought it was very touching. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like, I'd like, um, to see, large well, I'd like to see the bill. Yeah, I mean, don't blame us if your council tax goes up too much next year, will you? Uh, but there's a good <laughs> chance in order to pay for it yesterday that your council tax might go up. Adam, you're obviously, we've pushed the boundary, the PTB, and you've organised the, uh, the protest yesterday. Why, why was there so many police officers there? Have you any idea? No, we'd, we'd heard earlier in the week that the EFL were considering putting it behind closed doors. However, they were more than happy that if it was staffed properly, there wouldn't be any concerns. Rather get security in, who don't seem to do a very good job. Looks like the club paid substantial amounts to, uh, to get the police and to do the job for them instead. Apart from that, the liaison that we spoke to yesterday for the protest says she didn't know why she was she was called in to do that yesterday and didn't know why she'd been called in because there'd been no issues in the past and the protests outside the ground have been peaceful and there's never been any issues. So, And she was going to re- be reporting that back that there was no need for, for her to be there and numerous others. So you know, it goes to show that things can be done properly and all of them fans yesterday were, were superb outside the ground. The, the atmosphere was very different to the atmosphere before the Hartlepool game when you had the last protest. There was a sort of, almost a carnival atmosphere at that one, a very kind of buoyant kind of, it was a very different feeling. Yesterday was very, very sombre, very, very... Like a funeral, like, it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, it was like, a, like the coffin was at the last one, but this one was more like, felt more like that. It was very, very subdued. And there was there was no even inclination or suggestion or 
clearly no desire for any trouble from fans. That's just not what the the mood was at all, was it? Once again, I think football fans in general get a very tough. You know, you get a lot of a bad rep, don't we? I mean, it was just a, I was stood on the steps with you, Adam, looking out over a crowd of very, very normal, well-behaved people. They're not fo- football hooligans, not thugs, just normal people stood there peacefully. And there was tons of coppers around us. It seemed very, very overhanded. I mean, not, not that there was any issues with how the police uh, conducted themselves or anything like that. It was just the sheer numbers that was that was a bit off-putting. Yeah, I think you look at the numbers that were inside the ground and. They, they were clearly put outside before the game because there was no need for them inside the ground um, before the game. But you look at how many were across where the scoreboards are just to keep people from going on the pit. What we've been made aware of in the past is the FSA have advised us that policing outside the ground is covered as a normal expense to councils, police, etc. But anything in the ground the club has to cover themselves. So obviously oh, anything on their footprint is to be covered by the club. So a lot of that yesterday will have been a massive expense. So given advisors in place and things like that, they'd probably think it was a, a good result. But given that the probably 45 grand down and that's 100 season tickets for next season, it's uh, is it that good a business? Probably not. Shock. What do you make of it, Alex? Were you, were you at the uh, at the protest yesterday? No, I swear this one. I think people are resigned, though, aren't they? Um, I was at the, the protest before the Hartlepool game, and like you say, there's a sense of everyone coming together, potential that you know it was going to have an impact and it, it might force a change. And, you know, it did, did have an effect. But, yeah, I mean, the guys are, are still in charge, right? Still putting in the bare minimum that they need to do. And we're in a, a tough spot, right? Yeah. Andy, what did you make of it? Were you keeping an eye on it by social media or anything or what? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, the, the protest, yeah. I'm, again, I paid literally no no attention to the football. I've not seen the goals. I've no idea. I really, I'm so disconnected with a football club at the minute. But yeah, I, I had a good look at the, the, I mean, obviously we knew the plane was going over. So I was looking forward to seeing what message was on there. Uh, yeah, and I, and I just followed it. I followed the images and some of the videos and social media. Obviously, you can't get the atmosphere from that. So it was interesting to hear you say it was more sombre. But it, it looked well attended um, from the pictures that I saw. So as well at, as well attended as the Hartlepool um, protest, would you say? About the same? I'd say there was probably a, a, a few less there, I'd yeah, say. But I think it? that's probably just to do with the fact of the, the attendance at the game as well, which according to uh, the, the official attendances today was 4,591. There is I mean, no way there was 4,000 <laughs> there no. yesterday. No way on this earth, having seen the pictures of... Especially the, the North Stand for me always gives you a good idea of where they're at yeah. for attendances. And that was sparse yesterday. There's no yeah. way there was 4,000 there. Well, they, they, they were never going to get more people in there after um, after Mr. Owen, uh, the laughing policeman, decided he was going to stop people buying tickets in it uh, mid, midweek, wasn't he? So there's was a lot of people switched from that stand. That's a lovely thing for Barry to do for, to inconvenience people for absolutely no reason whatsoever other than a personal vendetta against the people that are involved in that stand that's the only reason he's doing it let's be abundantly clear but they've been doing it all season haven't they they've been doing it for a lot you know for a long time now and, and this this is one of those things isn't it it'd just be nice if if they told us the truth but they don't tell us the truth on any point so why should we expect them to tell us the truth of the number of people that are in the stadium 
They've told mm-hmm. us how many tickets that, that they've that they've pushed out, either sold, genuinely sold, or given away for free. That's all they're telling us in those numbers. Yeah, could be telling us any number. I pay no attention to anything. They're just liars, all of them, aren't they? I, I threw my ticket away because uh, I bought the I bought the Salford and Crawley combined. You know, in the slim hope that we'd have something to play for. Threw myself a ticket away after I used it, walking around with a Crawley ticket in my wallet, which I'd forgotten I'd bought and assumed was just an old ticket and then slung in the bin as well, like, because I was, you know, in a, in a dozy moment. So I didn't go. Um, my brother didn't go. He had one. My mum and dad got season tickets. They didn't go. There's a lot of people there that, that, that purchased tickets or had tickets and didn't attend, obviously. So, um yeah, we're going to be, it's going to be back. It's going to be worse than, I mean, we, like we, we reckoned attendances earlier in the season were in the two and a half thousand mark, weren't we? That was our estimate. estimate. I think it's going to be less than that again, isn't it? Next season, um, with us being in the National League and everything that's going on now. So, no like athletic Andy says, they'll, they'll, they'll give out hundreds of tickets to school kids, won't they? And put that as the attendance to make it not look as uh, bad as it is. More than likely, but the, the reality is, you know, it's going to be... It's going to be very sparse. And uh, just a quick, quick mention about the game then, because it, it, well, there was a game of football. Like I, I just as I was waiting for you lads to come on, I was looking at the video from uh, from yesterday, uh, the highlights, uh, one minute and fifty nine of uh, a football against the Partai United. Sorry, Crawley Town. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a weird story that is, isn't it? That Johnny Yem like segregation in the in the in the dressing room, like. Uh, Literally apartheid in a football club in, in 2022 is bizarre, isn't it? I mean, if you've seen his interviews, he is some character, and he is he's a he's a you know quite a um, an eccentric gentleman at the best of times. Some of, some of his interviews I've watched have been hilarious, but I, I just I, find, I always find those. I mean, I'm sure there's veracities in the story, but I just find them incredulous. Like, how could that happen? <laughs> and how he's been a man, he's been manager there for quite some time. How's nobody said anything already? <laughs> like, let's just, it's just, I don't know how you get away with that. It's incredible. How behavior. does it, how does it work for the, for, for the team? How does it help? Like just purely on a, from that point of view, you can't, it's just bizarre anyway. But even, even so, even despite all that, we still couldn't beat them, <laughs> even though we went 2-0 up. I was watching it this morning and the sound was on and I was watching and people cheering when the goals went in and everything. And I was just like, like, it just really doesn't matter. Jordan Clark scored a really good goal in the, in the second half. He smashed one in from, from distance and he had the decency not to bother even celebrating. <laughs> he just starts the third. Like, yeah, that, that's more like it. Like, what you, you know, it, just a complete non-event. There's nothing. I mean, you can say you've got to go out and play for the pride, play for the shirt, like every, every single game, regardless and all that kind of stuff, but still managed to throw a 2-0. So he'll um, lead away with some comical defending as usual. The um, goalkeeping, my yeah. lovely, God! Lovely oh. turn that one. It lovely. Oh my God! Yeah, I, I've seen. I've seen this morning someone mention that it's the fans who have knocked Rogers' confidence. What um, the the fans that sing that Danny Rogers song constantly to him? Yeah, um, apparently it, it was it was the fans' fault. Not being funny. He's had some absolute clang. Both of them have had absolute clangers this season. Um, I was going to say, didn't didn't they blame the fans for Lutweiler? Being shit as well. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just there's the same a theme old, here. Uh, there's same a theme old, here yeah. about blaming fans. Yeah. Oh, I've got to tell you, I I met somebody yesterday in the pub. Who could uh, that be? Yeah, I went into the White Hart, which I don't usually do because it's completely the other side of town from me. It's not 
somewhere I usually go. I usually go into town if I'm going for a drink and then go to the game. But uh, you know, you when you walk into a pub, you, you, you walk in through the doors, you, you scan around, don't you? you? First thing you do, you walk in, you check everything out, like who's where, what's the story in here, like, you know, and it was quite quiet. But I looked to my left and sat in front of the window <laughs> and completely involuntarily, I just looked around and just went, Steve, like that, <laughs> pointed at him. <laughs> and it was our mate, Steve. Partington was there. It was brilliant. I was like, right, I'm going to go and get myself a drink. So I got myself a cider and, went, and then I just went and sat down with him. <laughs> I was like, all right, Steve, like, oh, I'm not talking to you. It's like, why not? No, not talking to you. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I said, look, come on, let's just chat. Like, you know, last time I saw you, you ran away. I didn't run away. All right, well, you walk fast away then, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I just tried, I tried to engage him in conversation. I said, look, come on, let's try and find some common ground. You know what I mean? Like, we can talk. No, 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 not talking to you. And then, I mean, and then I proceeded to start winding him up a little bit. I won't, I won't lie. But um, it was. I, tr- I did try. I did try. I turned around to a guy that was sat next to us and said, look, I'm not being unreasonable. I mean, I'm trying to engage this guy in conversation and he just, he wasn't having it. But I had to try, you know. I said, like, you you know, you you, you find it easy enough to spread shit about me in your closed little Facebook group here. I'm like, you know, let's, let's talk about it. I don't, I don't think that's reasonable that you do that. Let's have a conversation. How am I supposed to understand your point of view if you won't talk to me? And he just wouldn't talk to me. It was like talking to a child. It really was like talking to a grown man, and it was like talking to a child. So it's uh, that's where we're at with that. But it was it was funny. Can, can you can you imagine that gentleman serving Greater Manchester Police Force and the people of Greater and keeping the people of Greater Manchester Police uh, people of Greater Manchester safe? That, that's that, that's the type of person. Him, Barry Owen, and there's, there's more in there. A little yeah. cohort of ex covers and I say that being the son of an ex policeman. So you know, yeah, <laughs> just be clear. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Yeah. It, it, it was, and it was just what you're up against. But that's where we're at in it. We're, 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 I think we're a, f- a fan base more united than ever in our belief that we have owners that are destroying our football club. So people like, you know, I said to Steve yesterday, I said, it's funny. I said, you, you, you know, you actually turned on the owners for a bit, didn't you? When Barry Owen turned on the owners for a bit, and then now you are back backing the owners again. Now Barry's back backing the owners. That's a funny coincidence, isn't it? But he didn't know. He didn't know what we're talking about. But, you know, there's Barry's pulling the strings of a certain number of, uh, of fans. He's back with his vendetta. He's trying to get the North Stand closed again. That's his clearly his uh, his goal. He's he's reset back where he was when he when he left as his special advisor now, and it's just a, it's just a it's just a club on the run, isn't it? It's just a like yesterday at the protest, you know, all hiding away. No one's got the decency to come out and address the fans or say anything, or no one's got any courage at the club. It's just pathetic. There's quite a few of them apparently hiding in the old club shop at the top, wasn't there? In, in the office, um, taking photographs of fans. Uh, a bit like the police. You see some of that image and footage of the police filming fans in pubs. What is that behaviour about? What, what, Creepy, what, isn't what it? What great, what GMP doing? I, I, yesterday I was walking down the street and I saw that one, on the back of the jackets, it was a police evidence collector was the, uh, was, the, was the job. And look, I'm sure there are times when that is necessary job, right? But like you say, Andy, to just sit and fil- filming people that are just having a drink peacefully in a pub and doing nothing. Like that is that doesn't seem that's very it's, much it's, big brother. It's, it's, it's very 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 sort of dystopian, like yeah. really weird, crazy behaviour. And it, yeah. and I think personally that that could incite it could 
obviously we've behaved in, immaculately again, but that could incite trouble itself. I, I, th- I think that's a very provocative thing to do, I, and and it's and I'm you know it's disgusting really. And it, and then of course you have got all the club officials. So I've seen some of the footage. It looks like it's that Jack Tomlinson lad, doesn't it? Looks like allegedly um, Jack Tomlinson, who's the teenage or near teenage club secretary who went in the Tranmere end at Boundary Park. He was taking just a photos. teenage secretary, baby. Yeah. That's <laughs> the <color. laughs> it's just, I mean, honestly, they're absolutely pathetic, the lot of them, aren't they? But if, if you just talk about what Barry's been up to in, in the last week, we talked last week. Barry about News. Sorry, Barry sorry. News. So the, <laughs> so the statements that were written last week were written by Barry, right? So we, we said, I mean, you, you didn't need to be Hercule Poirot to work that out, but we know it was Barry. I mean, I'll add a bit. I'll add a bit of further colour to, to to what I know this week. In as much as the statement that was written about banning fans and a serious criminal offence, <laughs> that one you can even hear that you can hear, hear him saying it, can't you? Yeah, yeah. That particular statement. There were people at the club that said we don't think we should issue this statement. Employees of the club, I don't think this is a good idea. And some of those employees said, why don't we refer this to the EFL for their advice? And apparently Barry said, no, put the statement out. You all answer to me. <laughs> what an absolute awful individual. I'm going to tell you some other things that I know. Apparently, for, for many, many a season prior to Barry falling out with the people, when we travelled to away games, Barry would walk through the other club's directors' lounges, players' lounges. He would walk through. And as he was coming through, he would say the words out loud so everyone could see and hear him. Old Athletic Senior Director coming through. Apparently he used to do that. And most of the people that travelled with him amongst the sort of the officials of, of our club would look at each other and just shake their head in disbelief. And, and it's, it's, I mean, what an awful individual this man is. Say what you see, Roy. Yeah, I, I'm not. I can't be bothered. I'm just these 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 are things that that he does. Like, what an awful, awful individual! You know, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So, so this week, of course, Barry has decided since since we since last week, he decided that uh, he wasn't going to be serving alcohol in the ground. So that was a decision. I think you guys at the foundation, Matt, checked with the safety advisory group to see if the restrictions placed on the club were being placed on the club by the safety advisory group. You guys issued a statement once you'd spoken to them that said no. They had listened to what the club had proposed and said, okay, that's fine. So that indicated that everything that was being imposed was being imposed by Barry Owen. <laughs> Let's be clear, right? So Barry had decided that we weren't having any booze in the ground. I don't know for what reason, you know, um, other than to satisfy his, his, his own wish to be awkward to everybody. And then, uh, subsequently, trying to shut the OEC down. Now, the OEC, I think, served booze after the game, but complied with the club's sort of mandate not to serve booze before the game. And, and like you said, Barry will now attempt to shut the stand down, having not allowed people to buy tickets in from about Wednesday or Thursday onwards in the, in, in the week. Don't buy a season <laughs> ticket. Don't buy it. Don't give these people your money. Don't allow this man to run our club. Do not supply them with funds. Do not endorse their behaviour. Do not give them your patronage. 
do nothing with them. This is the thing, isn't it? Because it is now, like, it, it, Abdallah's now nowhere to be seen. Uh, Adam is in London running his law firm. More, it's more and Barry running, running the club again. So that's got disaster. I mean, not, not that it was going particularly well anyway, but now it's Barry and, and Moore running the club. And obviously, Shez, he's, he's going to be there working on the football side of things over the summer. But the, this, the really disappointing thing for me was when Shez renewed, right? Because it's almost an endorsement of I can try and make this work. And I can understand, it, you know, football football jobs are, are tough to come by. Um, he's probably not going to get a job elsewhere. It's a good way of popping up his, his thumbs before he disappears off somewhere. But you, you kind of thought that he was with us, with the fans, in the almost despair at the ownership situation. And, yeah, kind of amongst... Like my group of mates, it was just dismay when he when he renewed, and people were saying uh, they feel bad because they 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 support shares, they like shares, but it feels like he's almost sullying his reputation a little bit by continuing to work with these guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I th- I feel that shares has taken on this now as he feels it's sort of like his responsibility to some degree because he was the manager when we when we got relegated, and he feels like he wants to try and make amends for that. Um, it's not going to happen, though, is it? it, it, it no, but I can understand him, him taking us back to the football league. No, I, I probably not. No, I can understand him from a personal point of view wanting to do that, though, or wanting to try and give it give it one you know one go. I can understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the thing that with Barry, you know, I have, Barry is one of these people who will have sort of certain relationships with certain people, and there's no doubt kisses Shez's ass and has done for for many a year. Um, so the relationship Shez has with Barry is probably different to the relationship that that most of us have with Barry because that's just the way he is. You know, he's 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 always trying to use people for his own his own gain, and you know he does the same with with more and whoever. So we've got a real battle on our hands, haven't we? Um, Andy, we've reached out to Adam Morley to come on the podcast. Uh, we sent him an email and said, "Look, Adam, this is why. Give him a list." a not inconsiderable list of reasons why he as probably the most eloquent of the directors of the football club needs to come out and address the supporters. The reason that we're giving people like Jack Tomlinson some stick for looking through the window is not because he's done anything wrong by peeking through the window. It's because that represents the club at that protest is somebody peeking through a window. And 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 it and it, and it becomes a, a metaphor for the club and the directors and the, and the the lack of presence, their lack of communication. You know, so that is why that that it, that becomes something. And if if people within the club can't can't see that, then then they're just you know they're just not seeing it as it should be seen as 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 usual. So we want him to come on the podcast. We want him to explain how the club has got into the situation. Right, we want him to tell us what the story is in relation to any purchases or any 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 conversations that they're having. He's not going to give us any details, but he's obliged to come on and talk to the support. He doesn't have to do it through the podcast. He can do it any way any way he wants, or the club can. But it seems that they won't, and this is a channel that will get them out to you know the, the majority of of interested fans. So. He said that he'll consider it, and then he kind of like, and then he kind of made an excuse a bit. So we're pushing him, aren't we, Andy? And we will push him because he he needs to come on and he needs to speak up and he needs to explain how and why we have ended up in this situation. I mean, we we we, we you and I crafted that email together, and we said 
we've got 80 odd episodes of this behind us. We've done interviews with, you know, I mean, Barry, for instance, probably the most odious person we've interviewed and we still treated him respectfully when he was on, on the, um, on the interview. We do the same with Adam. Adam will be an entirely different kettle of fish because he's a, he's a, a lawyer and he's sharper and what have you. Um, but I think what was interesting is when my, when you and I sent that email, we, we said to each other, what do, you, what do you think will happen here now? I, my gut instinct was, he doesn't want to do this. I don't think he wants to do it. But he knows that just an outright no wouldn't look good to the support base. So he doesn't want to say no, but he equally doesn't want to do it. So he's going to find a way of not saying no, but not actually doing it as well. <laughs> Watch. And surely enough, in the exchanges with that, he's given us reasons why he can't, but he said he would like to. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly <laughs> the answer I expected we'd get. Yeah. So let's see. Like you also said, if he does come on and talks to us, he'll go up in my estimation. But Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. He knows it's the right thing to do because he's not stupid. He's an intelligent guy. He knows that it's the right thing to do. He knows that the fans need addressing. He knows that there is no spokesperson at the football club. He knows that Barry would probably do it, but nobody, <laughs> that that is just a, a disaster. Nobody wants to hear from Barry. Uh, and yeah. that would only make things worse. Let's yeah, be fair. Definitely. I've given Adam the credit of being an intelligent man. He, he did also go on talk sport and say that the fans would kill the club, which wasn't his greatest moment, was it? Let's be fair. The, but the club need to speak out about, about this situation and how this has happened. And we're all just expected like to say, okay, yeah, we've got relegated again. And, you know, they put in the tweets out, it's match day. And like, yeah, <laughs> You've, we've been relegated twice in four years under you guys. What the fuck is going on? I, I got home from the pub last night and I'd had loads of pints and I'm lying there and trying to, trying to compose a tweet. And I got really angry and I just, I ended up just saying, look, I just want to say a big fuck you to all the people. That have, and, you know, they shouldn't probably do this kind of stuff when you're pissed. But I was really angry and I was like, you really sold us down the river here. Like, explain yourselves properly. And they won't, will they? I mean... I think Adam's the, the main guy. He's in the middle of anyone who's going to be contacting the club in regards to a takeover. He's the one who's probably got more of a handle on it professionally more than anyone else. So if he did come on, fans would probably respect him a lot more than they do now because, like we said, the only contact we've had is when they go through TalkSport. And TalkSport don't care about the club. They're not interested in what happens at Old Mathletic. They're just interested in sound bites to do stuff to get a rise out of you. Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and of course the the, the top sport link is um, Jim White is involved in boxing and boxing companies that Adam Morley has a relationship with, and um, there's obviously a connection there, which is why Morley appeared on Top Sport originally because he yeah. has uh, connections to them, and they've been seen at boxing events together. So you know, let, let's let, let's take that out of the equation and come on and let's have a you know sort of a conversation podcast direct to Adam you'll be treated respectfully but we'll ask you some questions and then you can you can you can show us how good a lawyer you are and, and how you answer and, them. and not answer them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's been a long hard it's the la the latest of a string of long hard miserable seasons but it's the worst one in it I mean Matty, you've you've been going to Latics a while, I'm sure, but like, I mean, this is the worst season in it that we've ever had to endure. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. I mean, and like I say, it's it's been a, we've had a few shit ones in the in the past ten years or so, and you know, under under Corny's time, we had 
some good seasons and we had some bad seasons, but at, at least it felt like there was a bit of a plan there that, you know, even if that plan was let's, let's scrabble to survive at the bottom end of League One and, and do what we need to, to to stay in that division. These guys, it's the plan at the moment seems to be let's go to war with the fans. To what end? I don't know, right? Because they're not going to, they might, they might ban people out of the club. They might stop people buying tickets, but you know, you're never going to take away the ones love or passion for, for the club, for the, yeah, supporting old athletic. It feels like, as you said earlier, that they, they've got scores to sell. They've got vendettas that they're, they're going after. Are they trying to sell? They say they are. We don't know. Um, but in the meantime, that they're, they're, as I said before, they're, they're not putting much into the club. Revenue is going to drop just by nature of dropping out of the football league. Feels like they want to do everything as cheaply as possible. Hence, you know, it, it doesn't feel like Abdallah is skin or, or, or would struggle to fund the club to a relatively decent level, but it feels like he doesn't want to. Hence, you know, taking out the funds from COVID fund and, and getting us into this embargo. And it's like, well, that continues in the National League, right? We're just going to circle the drain there too. Let's be absolutely that's absolutely clear that the relegation to the foot out of the football league could have been avoided if Abdallah was prepared to put his hand in his pocket and spend some money on the football club that he bought and that he is responsible for financially. He made a mess of all this with the fans, right? And kept everybody away. But ultimately it was his responsibility. He chose to take a transfer embargo on for a relatively small amount of money, okay, in footballing terms, a lot more than I've got, but you know, a few hundred thousand pounds, he could have paid that off well in advance of January and put money into the transfer kitty to get us the players that we needed. And we saw how close we were to having enough to stay up when when, when Shez came in. We were a, we, we were a few good players. He, he could he did he said he was going to do everything in his power to keep us in, and he did not. He, he ultimately lied again because he could have solved that problem if he'd been prepared to put his hand in his pocket and spend some more money. However, he's clearly his objective is to try and recoup as much money as possible rather than actually spend any more. So in in his desire to do that, he's underfunding the, the team and he and he alone, or with his with his board of directors, have, have got us relegated out of the football league. It's as simple as that. So why? Why have they allowed that to happen? Why were they not prepared to spend the money necessary to keep holding in the football league? Because now it's going to be a lot more difficult and a lot more expensive to get us back out of the National League into the football league. So thanks for fucking us over royally, Abdallah, because that's what you've done, mate. Yeah, and and this and this is going to continue. This is the bizarre thing is when you say what this has been the worst season in in a terrible long list of seasons. It may actually not be the worst. <laughs> I think. I'm not entirely sure we've hit absolute rock bottom yet. I think rock bottom is to come. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We, we certainly can't so, say that that's the case, can we? Absolutely. So I think, I think like Sheridan staying for me, you know, like I've, I agree with that. I agree with Alex. I didn't want him to stay. He stayed. I sort of, I sort of think to myself, well, maybe it's a good thing. In maybe it's a good thing. I, I'm going to say this now. I'd take fifth bottom in the, in the conference if you gave it to me now. <laughs> I'd, I'd take it next season just to stay up. Because that'll give us another year a chance of trying to get rid of these cretins. Because I, I think that's going to be the battle that, that we're going to face. Like you say, he stopped funding it a year ago. Abdal, he'd made a decision. He was getting stick. He didn't like the fact he was getting stick. So he's spat his dummy out and he's not funding us anymore. And, and that's just going to continue. Whatever happens next season, we, you know, this 
put a statement out about 1.2 million quid maintaining the budget. I don't, I don't believe them. I don't believe a single word they ever say anymore. I've, I won't listen to anything, you know, that, that in terms of that sort of statement, I'm just not going to believe it. So we're going to end up in a situation where we're scrubbing around at the bottom end of, of, of the conference, trying to stay in it. And the only reason for me that these guys are hanging about now is to see out, see out this court case. That's it. That And that, again, is Barry Owen's doing. Barry Owen has given, has presented these people with our reason to stay for longer, which suits only Barry Owen, so he can stay for longer. So it's self-serving, this. Barry doesn't care, really, whether the stand is in the hands of the club or not. He's just a, just a useful thing for him to say. He cares about keeping his face in the trough. Um, that's all he cares about, and being able to cause havoc and, and muck around and, and be and, and be involved. I mean, you know, you've just got to wake up to that fact. So we're we just got to wait for this to pan out, basically. Um, and if you go, you're funding it. One of the other points to note is I'm led to believe that Sheridan wanted the club to appoint or get someone involved with him for recruiting players next season, a bit like a director of football. <laughs> He wanted someone to come in and help him. We talked about it last week. Sheridan alone simply cannot recruit all these players. He's going to be some. He's going to need someone who who can come in and help him and with their network contact. And some names were banded about, which I won't necessarily share. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So we're going to be in a situation where Mo is bringing players in again. <laughs> I don't know. Sheridan may not even see the start of the season here because he may just have a massive fallout. <laughs> don't even say it. Don't even say it. <laughs> oh god. This is the thing. This is, this is the thing. It's the, it's it's with when it comes to people making decisions about buying tickets and season tickets and things like that, thinking, oh well Shez is here now, everything's that at least there's gonna be there is no guarantee there's gonna be any stability or anything is gonna be better because Shez is in this season. They still got the ability to to blame everything on Shez, to mess around in the background and do things that are detrimental to the to the recruitment to the club so there's like you said Andy we have absolutely no reason to have any faith in anything they say because they've never delivered so on any of their in quote unquote promises so it's that's the depressing thing I mean this whole episode is depressing it's obviously going to be depressing it's our last EFL podcast the next season when we do podcast next season it's going to be after National League games we know that a lot of people are going to be staying away. The one thing that I that I do want to talk about, which which I am serious about, is um, when I was talking, addressing the crowd yesterday, and um, another conversation that I've had about uh, with people about not being able to take their children to the games, right, and wanting to continue to go for that reason because the like you, we talked about last week, and you know you, you don't want to lose your, your your kid to another club and all that. It's something that people do for bonding with the kids and I, I totally get it right but we're going to boycott and a lot of people aren't going to boycott so and I was t addressing the crowd yesterday and I was talking about community and, and how important it is to have this football community and, and meeting people all the time you know I'm, I'm meeting you now Matty and like if I see you around I'll know you because I've chatted to you and then we'll, we'll have a pint and you know like it, it, it keeps growing and it keeps evolving this this family of, of, of supporters that we've got and this network that we've got so if we are going to boycott next season, I think it's really important that we try and maintain as much of that community feel. You know, kids that are Latics fans are meeting up with other kids that are Latics fans if they're not going to the games. Maybe there's things that we can do on a match day as a community. There's other clubs as well, right? Everyone could go to Chatterton and, you know, you tell your kids, we're going to Chatterton because we're protesting at Oldham. Oldham's still our club. We'll be back there. 
But at the moment, we're taking a break from it because it's fucking shit. And we're going, we're going to Chelten. Chelten will be delighted because they get a few hundred extra people in there buying beer and stuff. You've got your community. You can see your mates. It's simple. It frustrates me, people, like on or when the blues and stuff go. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to buy a season ticket, and my dad's going to get one, and it's the only time we spend together. But for fuck's sake, think about it. You don't have to go and sit in Boundary Park to spend time with your dad. Pick him somewhere else. There's loads of things you can do. And it's it's selfishness. It pisses me off. It's it's people going, my experience or what I want to do is more important than what we as a Oldham athletic sporting family should be doing, which is empty ground. And, you know, the, the club will say, oh, we don't need your ticket money anyway. Well, let's, let's test that. It's going to be more uncomfortable for Abdallah if rather than 2,000 on the gate, there's 200 on the gate. And like Andy says, do everything we can to try and get these guys out because this court case is going to run on for years. How low are we going to sink in that time? It's, it's going to be dreadful. It really is. I'm really hoping it doesn't run on for years, uh, but, it, but it is going to take some time. So I, I think it's going to, you know, it's not even been listed at court yet. I checked at the courts again on Friday before this weekend. There had been an amendment to it on the 4th of May. So every time something amends, I can see the date where there's an amendment to it. But none of the details that are publicly available had changed. So whatever amendment had occurred, it, I couldn't I couldn't get the detail of it. The particulars are still not available to purchase because it, on face value, it looks the reason to me like because Simon Corney hasn't listed his legal team or hasn't accepted. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But you can't buy the details. It's going to take months to wash through. I'm hoping it doesn't take years. Genuinely hoping it doesn't take years. I mean, we really will be in trouble if it takes years. It's got to take, you know, months to a year, max. <laughs> yeah, but then, then you're hoping that at the conclusion, they make a swift exit, right? It's just a shame, isn't it? Because obviously going back to taking, you know, your family and stuff like that, we've got to think longer than this short-term vision that supporters keep, obviously, Mexico come out with there about, you know, I go with my dad or you can spend time with your family elsewhere. There's, there's no need to to be at Boundary Park in, in relation to seeing your family. But the issue that we've got as a club now is if we continue to just keep funding the club, Abdallah doesn't need to find as much money, which means he can stay on longer. The more money that he has to find, the more likely he is to think, actually, I don't want to keep funding this anymore. Yeah. Because he is going to be funding it. There is no doubt, you know, they're saying, that, oh, he's not putting money in now. We've got to be putting money in, whether it be via a director's own or what. There is money going into the club. And that's a frustrating thing as well, right? Because if he'd stop putting money in, then admin becomes a possibility, right? And that's a, a potential, you know, it's going to be painful, but a potential route to a different future, shall we say. Absolutely. But Absolutely. he keeps paying the bills, which, <laughs> you know, seems crazy wanting your own and not to be paying the bills, but. It's there's a you know there's a lot of uncertainty, isn't there? It's very very murky. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. I keep my mantra is let's focus on what we can control um, because there's so much that we can't control. So you know we've got our fans forum coming up on Thursday. We'll be doing the the live stream. Hopefully that that the uh, the Wi-Fi in uh, <laughs> the OEC will will be powerful enough to get that out to everybody but we'll certainly do our best we'll do a test on uh on thursday afternoon we've got i think we put another 30 tickets on sale let me just see how many of them are left as of this time what time is it 20 past 12 
on um we've we've got uh 12 tickets left for that so there's going to be 180 to 200 people there we've got people like from the sfa coming and, and blackpool supporters trust and things like that this is a this is a big moment for us i think and i want people leaving that room like the people that were at the at the protest yesterday i want them to leave fired up and i want them to leave saying what can i do now what am I going to do now? What are we going to do? Getting onto their mates and saying, we need money, we need funding, we need to, 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 to nothing, whatever outcome there is, we're going to need money and inf to, to influence it. It's as simple as that. It's, and it's always going to come back around to that. And we've got to get that in our heads, right? We've got to get in that in our heads. There is not enough people contributing financially. We've done, um, we, we'd raised last last check. We'd raised about twelve grand, right, extra on top of what we where we were at, and that had come from about one hundred and fifty one donors, one hundred and fifty one fans. It's not enough. It's not enough. You've got to pull your finger out. You've if you can't put your own, if you can't afford it yourself, which is totally understandable, right? If you can afford five pound a month on the on the recurring charge, great. But if you can organise something which raises money by, by doing some kind of events over the summer, a barbecue or, you know, talk to your landlord, talk to your boss, talk about what you can do at work. You've got to get yourselves, everybody's got to take responsibility for it because it's just not going to happen if there's 150 of us trying to contribute and put it, it needs to be thousands. It needs to be in the thousands. It's your club. It's your responsibility. It's as simple as that. And, and that is going to be the message that, that, that from the fans forum and we're going to have to keep banging on and banging on and banging on about. Um, if you if you know someone who's got a few quid, if you your boss, get out there. Don't be shy. Like You've got to sell the vision of Old Athletic being a community club that has some kind of a future in the town. Otherwise, it's just you can't leave it all up to the, a small group of people. It's tough. I, I like your point around um, you guys having to do it all and it being really hard. It's like, you know, when we, back in, back in the day, when we set up the trust and after Chris Moore, it it was ridiculous. It was like me and John Connolly um, on our own, basically. And raising money was tough then as well. You know, it, it was, I, I suspect it was easier than it is now. And there were a few people who like, you know, Chuck checks for 500 quid a guy donated his um personalized number plate and we sold that off for 500 quid or something um but yeah like loads of people made good noises but nobody nobody volunteered to help basically yeah me me john sean jarvis and gordon lawton who who helped in that time but it was possibly the toughest period of my life that because doing a full-time job with a wife and then basically spending six hours a day after work doing trust related stuff getting it up and running trying to fundraise speaking to the club just painful really painful so i feel feel for you guys but again i don't want your efforts there and then to be go to waste either we've got to keep you know what i mean you've set something up there that should have been ready now <laughs> for yeah. this situation and isn't really frustrating really very very frustrating but and i take responsibility for that as much as anybody every single other fan should as well it's, this was our project our responsibility we failed because we didn't get involved and do enough regardless of you know i mean you could say that we know who's to blame barry killed 
You're going to tell me off for getting him involved at the first point. Well, no, they've got the benefit of hindsight, haven't we? That's easy to say these things now, isn't it? But we, you know, ultimately, he he's a very manipulative human being, and he's and he he turned it into his own personal vehicle, and it all went wrong. But we all have to take responsibility. We all have to say that we didn't do enough at the right time. But we, we have an opportunity now to reset, and no more excuses. We know what the situation is. We know what needs to be done, and we can we can do it. But it's going to take everybody's time and effort it can't just be a few people that that, that do it because everybody on our board i'm the only one who doesn't have kids i think everyone's got kids and responsibilities and jobs <laughs> it's no easier for them than it is for anybody else that's not the point is it it's just that it's the desire like we're all knackered now it's been a it's been a ball ache of a year so far this season absolutely knackering Seven days a week. It's seven days a week. And thank God the football season is over because at least I don't have to do this podcast anymore and I can have a weekend to myself every now and again. And, you know, it's just non-stop. It's relentless. If we're a team, if we're a community, if we're a fan base, take some of that burden yourself to raise money. I can't make it any more clear than that. It's You're going to have to. Because if it all goes tits up, you're all going to point your fingers at the OASF. You're all going to point your fingers at push the boundary. You're all going to point your fingers at Abdallah. But are you going to look yourself in the mirror and say, did I do enough? Because ultimately, you've got to. It's your responsibility as much as it's my responsibility, as much as it's anybody else's responsibility. Such a proud history The team from the town of Chimneys Always held on So proud to be a blue And it seems to me You suck the life out of an English football team Never knowing Always clinging to a hopeless dream and I wish I never knew you And it was just a dream Before you came to older man Suck the life out of a team Boundary Alert System is produced by Matt Dean and Andy Halliwell for QPod Productions and fans of Old Athletic all over the world. We'd like to thank Push the Boundary for their continued support and all the fans who listen every week, particularly those who get involved. The pod is and always will be free, but you can donate just $2.99 per month to help us fund it by the link in the show notes. If you'd like to make a one-off donation, please contact us directly. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or contribute in any way, please email bpalertsystem at gmail.com. Contact us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at OAFC Podcast or visit our website oafcpodcast.co.uk where you can also read Arlene's weekly blog. All Athletic Supporters Foundation need your help to raise a minimum 
maximum of £1 million as soon as possible for the 1895 fund. We're working with PTB and all like-minded supporters to raise enough money to be at the table in a bid to save our club. Visit AuthletticSupportersFoundation.com to pledge as much as you can afford to help us reach this target. Visit PushTheBoundary.co.uk to find out more about their efforts to give fans a voice. We're also proud to bring you the Latics Football Phone in live every Thursday night from 7 till 8pm at YouTube.com forward slash The Boundary Park Alert System. Catch up there now if you've missed any. Make sure, it's taking a while, isn't it? Make sure you help change the game by downloading the Fan Hub app and listening to us from there. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion, and you can learn more by visiting redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can have it all, but how much do you want it? See you next week.